welcome to episode eight of nepotism can be good i'm andrea i'm joshua i'm landon and i realize you you, you start all the episodes it's always your voice first exactly i'm giving the people what they want okay what we should we need to get like does laura Dern have cameo where we could like get a cameo of her being like hey guys Welcome to Nepotism Can Be Good. Like, she doesn't have to actually be she on the podcast, but she can us, just though. she can just give us... Well, she, I don't think she's aware yet. <laughs> have we d- DM'd her? I can't. <laughs> like, hey, queen. It's like did a picture of her. Did we check if her DMs are open? I think I did, and I saw. But I can't... I think I'm confusing with Amy Adams, who oh. just got an Instagram. Wait, Amy Adams got an Instagram? Yeah. yeah. But her first post was about, like, a charity. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, she's like, like Tony Collette. I wanted I wanted her first post to be like a thirst trap, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I DM'd her. I she doesn't even have she, to. Like ignored me, and it was super <laughs> rude. A selfie of Amy Adams is a, fir- a thirst trap. To be honest, <gasps> her DMs are open. Hey, bitch. <laughs> hey, we're eight episodes in. <laughs> Give us a shout. Who's gonna DM her? Honestly, she's so gracious. She probably if Lord and endorsed her podcast. I don't know if I could continue knowing that she's listening. Right? I'd be like, I think I everything die. I say, I'd be like, oh, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you're not a whore. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe we're we not can judging wait you for till... fucking Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, she's gonna hear us talking about all her menses. But we didn't mean it in a bad way. We love you, Lord. <laughs> but so. What if we wait till like the last episode and then we send it to her and we're like in bulk? Yeah, I feel like that's like more obsessive. Like, hey, we just Here finished our twenty episodes, 20 episodes. Uh, our twenty hour long episodes of analysis you. of your film career. <laughs> but at that point, think... it's packaged and it's like a collection. Yeah, like at that gift. point, we'll already have a Pulitzer. It's a Criterion right. box. Yeah, at that <gasps> we point, definitely like, have to design a Criterion box for an episode from you. <laughs> You want to do that? Because I cannot. I can try. (gasps) Guys, I had to send in my resignation at the barista place today. I'm so sorry. The the what? Did you say the barista place? Yeah, I did. Why not just coffee coffee shop? (laughs) (laughs) It's a place where you pick and choose baristas and you take them home. I wish that was a thing. I'd love me a barista. That's better than me. I'm not very good. But yeah, I had to send in my resignation. I'm really depressed. You have to go out with a bang in terms of latte art. <sighs> yeah, I'm, next week I'm going to do a swan, which is the hardest one. I'm just going to be able oh, to do it. Oh, shit. It's just like that. <laughs> just like that. I'm going to go and do it. And then I'm going to be like, peace, bye. <laughs> They're kicking me out of my dorm. <laughs> oh, God. So I had to quit. And now I got to skedaddle. This is Andrea's trauma corner. <laughs> Welcome, you guys. You guys, I'm graduating into a pandemic. It's like really stressful. This podcast is all I have. <laughs> made a dollar Again, I, I said this a few episodes ago, but this podcast is, it's about Laura Dern, but I feel like in retrospect, <laughs> it's going to be like an artifact of like yeah. crucial time for 20 somethings. We will get a Pulitzer, I we promise. Will. It's yeah. going to be like, you know how like the, Manel- the Manelis. <laughs> I don't even know if podcasts can win Pulitzers. I don't know why I said that. Who cares? We'll be the first one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can win. I think there's like podcast awards. Like yeah, the streamies okay. or some shit. Like the potties. The potties? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If that's not a thing, we can. I'm sure Serial has won a bunch of awards. Oh, yeah. And maybe like. I thought you were talking about like the food. <laughs> I think you're like, I'm sure cereal has won a bunch of awards. <laughs> Just like general cereal. In general. What's your favorite cereal? Lucky Charms. Special K. Go! Skinny. Yeah, skinny. <laughs> Could not be weird. Minus Cheerios. Also skinny. Which flavor? Regular? I don't know. Um, lately, the oats and honey has been hitting. I like regular with a little banana on top. Ew. A whole banana? Not like... I, I mean, I slice <laughs> it. puts it on top. <laughs> No, I I don't like mixing fruit and cereal. Okay. I'm against uh, a lot of liquid and lumps. Anyway, this is a podcast (laughs) about American actress Laura Dern. Uh, (laughs) Do we have any corrections from last week? Well, I haven't even listened to the episode all the way through. Apologize from the bottom of our hearts. I'm going to correct. Steven Spielberg is not an incel. He is married. (laughs) That is 
my correction. Did we say he was an incel? I said, is Steven incel? He's not. Okay. To my knowledge. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for saying that. Maybe I something He's there. He's like 70 years old. So, yeah, maybe he is. Actually, I don't know. You get more the older you get, right? So, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't know either. We'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll also find out in 50 maybe. years. Is that math right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, this is a podcast Lord about American Aaron. actress, Lorda. <laughs> okay, we're talking um, about Citizen Ruth. Citizen Ruth, uh, 1996. You watched it at work on your phone yeah. just now? Yeah, just now, like a couple hours ago. So it's fresh in the mind. Yeah. That's that it. I'm going to rely on that because I watched it like two <laughs> days ago. I didn't ago. have any AirPods in. You were playing that shit out loud? I really was. And I didn't at know, work? The opening scene was like, well, like, we'll get into Her- it, but like... Yeah. I didn't know. Should we get into so it? I was just like playing it really loud. Opening sure. scene. Citizen fucking. Ruth. She's getting fucking she's... pounded. Well, she's, let me, let me she's just say, not having fun. No. Let me say before we start, um, this is Alexander Payne's directorial debut, which I think we were confused about in the last episode. This is his first film. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on to make Election, Nebraska, Downsizing a few years ago. Um, but this is his I first know. film. And all his films are generally very... Um, satirical and like tongue-in-cheek in nature um and this film premiered at the sundance film festival in 1996 where it was in competition for the grand jury prize and then it had a limited release in december 1996 and that didn't go very well but i'm going to talk about that at the end. <laughs> okay okay so, fucking laura dern's fucking. so she, yeah she's getting fucking. fucked she's so fucking. you're playing her getting fucked out loud yeah and for all the like, dogs and, and i was working you're... the front today <laughs> So for all the dog owners to hear. Yeah. That's fun. She and wasn't I, making much noise. No, but he was. He was. Yeah. yeah. So I had to lower The bed him. was. The bed yeah. was also. So she's getting fucked by this raggedy man. <laughs> um, yeah, he's so disgusting. And then he throws her out of his apartment and she says, you said I could stay. And then she pauses for a few seconds. She goes, I want my TV. And he throws her TV out in the hallway at her, and it shatters. But then she takes it anyway. That's so mean. And that's that's the introduction we get to Laura's character, Ruth Stoops. Yeah, which, what a name. <laughs> what a name. What a Ruth name. Ruth Stoops. Ruth Stoops. Um, she goes from that, that guy, from that guy's apartment to her sister's house, uh-huh. where there's this abundance of children. Um, and this this man meets her at the door, who... I th- assume is one of her children's fathers. Mm-hmm. And he, she's like, can I see my kids? And he's like, no, bitch. And he asks if she's high. Um, which is a question we're going to have um, multiple times throughout the film. And she starts crying, like, hysterically. And she mm. says she's so hungry. She says, oh, I can't. Can I have money? And he gives her $15. And then she's like, mm, can I have $20, please? And then she immediately stops crying as soon as he walks away. Yeah. Legendary. Mm. The way that even uh, Ruth is an actress. Yeah. She, an it's actress an actress playing an, actress. playing an mm-hmm. actress. Anyway, we see um, immediately after this, she goes to a hardware store and she steals. She doesn't even buy it. She steals patio sealant and she huffs it in a uh, paper bag. Which, like, can you imagine doing that? I was like, that's interesting. So Miss Ruth is an addict, you guys. I've never seen anybody huff anything, even in a movie. Yeah. This is very much um, a Midwestern setting, and it's a very big deal there. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why, but um, (laughs) people... Does the Midwest not have a multiple drug problem? Yeah, yeah, but I it's all—it's it always—it's all like the ugly drugs. It's like meth and uh, heroin, and but this is like accessible, you know, to huff stuff. You don't have to yeah. like buy it illegally. Is it illegal to huff stuff? Yeah, right. It's illegal to huff shit. Yeah, but I'm saying it's not illegal to buy it to obtain oh. it. Um, okay. This, anyways, she she huffs the the patio sealant, which I found in the Wikipedia. Um, Fun or in the IMDb trivia, patio sealant isn't a real thing. Oh, and it, this like fake product was invented for this movie, which I don't see the purpose in that. But yeah, I, couldn't w- you just buy like actual? I was like, I was like, what is patio sealant? But apparently, it doesn't exist. Um, and this the the um does she synopsis. Only huff it? 
the entire movie? Is that the only thing she no, huffs? No, no, no. She huffs anything she can get her hands on. Get her hands on. Okay. This is, this is what the synopsis says. It says, <clears throat> Ruth is apparently a dumb, inebriated addict capable of doing nearly anything to get money or drugs. Lord. That word choice. The IMDb gods have really contributed a lot to this podcast. I don't think we highlight It's my them main enough. resource. And it's yeah, totally I, I forget that it's like um community contributed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So That's okay. I, I, like patio ceiling easily could be a real thing. But because yeah. I saw it on IMDb, I'm like, oh, well, facts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, you that's communism. And if we're, if we're going on the Bernie train over here, you got to go full force. Can we officially Bernie lost endorse- three states. I know. Can we officially endorse? This is, our, this is okay, um, the part of the podcast where we talk about current events. <laughs> Bernie um, Sanders <laughs> has lost uh, three states in the primaries. I called Landon yesterday in the morning after watching this movie and he was wearing his bernie shirt and he was looking sexy yes i got my bernie shirt like <laughs> six weeks after i ordered it but like that's, okay. that's socialism and that's okay i was and like, also I, was like been busy. I was like he's he seals every single package with a kiss and so i was like it makes sense yeah that yeah it, it takes a while anyway uh miss ruth patio gets... sealant is real <gasps> it is yeah what does it do well, this one is called an impregnator sealer. So, um, <laughs> it's very maybe that's like foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, no, it it is definitely a thing. Um, here are multiple on Amazon. I apologize to any carpenters <laughs> who are listening to the podcast. Uh, you guys, this is the first time we're correcting in real time, so we're getting good at this thing. Yeah, pretty soon we're not gonna say things incorrectly. We definitely will, but we can hope. <laughs> What do you mean we're not perfect? <laughs> no, definitely not. We're not Laura. Only she's perfect. Miss uh-huh. <laughs> Ruth gets woken up from her uh, huff-induced nap by the cops, and they take her in. She goes to the doctor. The doctor very casually is like, you know you're pregnant, right? And, folks, she did not know she was pregnant. No. And neither did we. No. Um, she appears in front of a judge, and the judge says that this exact thing, her getting caught... Um, like huffing chemicals has happened 16 times. <laughs> um, and the state has already taken away four kids of hers because she's obviously an unfit mother in the eyes of the court. Um, and this judge just really seems to hate her. Like he, yeah. he, he, okay. he's asking her, he's like, do you know how many times you've been uh, in, in this court for the same charge? And she goes, uh, like five. And he goes, 16 <laughs> with such disdain. Um, and she, basically she gets car- charged with criminal endangerment of her fetus. Yeah. Which is but bullshit. Sorry. once the court adjourns, um, she's walking out in her cuffs and the judge calls her into his office and says, like, on the low, if you get an abortion, I can reduce this sentence because it won't be endangerment of a fetus. Uh, it'll just be huffing chemicals. Yeah, so it won't be like a felony anymore. So I I think he doesn't want to have to have this baby be born and then have to take care of it through, like, the foster system and everything. Um, And so he's trying to get ahead of that. But this is obviously not legal or ethical, what's going on. But I don't think Ruth is privy to that. She's just like, okay, got it. Thanks, dude. And then she goes to the holding cell. She sleeps on this little mat on the floor. And then she Mm -hmm. starts, like, punching her stomach. Yeah. yeah. To try to kill the baby. Um, which is not great. No, but, no, but she's but she acting. She is, she acting. is acting. She's writhing around on the floor, which we've seen her do in a few films. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's something that she's gotten really good at. Yeah. Um, by the way, crying, she, she's, she's very good at. She's 29 in this film. Oh. The way that her youth. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was playing like a. Oh my God. I literally thought she was like 24 yeah. when she did this. Yeah, she looks. The way she crazy, looks guys. older in Jurassic Park than in this movie. I don't think she looks older, but she definitely has a maternal like, like vibe. Like, yeah, which is intentionally done she's, so by the writing. Yeah, here she's like, just a fucking mess. She's acting older in Jurassic Park. So yeah, what I meant to say. Uh, anyway, she's she's in the holding cell, and these ladies walk in singing like, uh, <laughs> it's it's like the cadence of a Christmas carol. Yeah, but yeah, just yeah, about general sure. Christian 
thing. I mean, I'm I'm not like uh super knowledgeable about Christianity, but I do they sing songs all the time or just at Christmas? In church they sing. In church they sing. They're not like hymns though. They're singing like little boppy songs about Jesus or whatever. Um in but Christian they're all churches, in prison. Um, does Kanye <laughs> Does Kanye walk around like Jesus? I'm sure I Jesus! think so. I think now he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, they do. Anyway, four Kanye devotees <laughs> walk in uh, to her holding cell, and I, I, I assume that they were arrested for uh, protesting or some incident, but it's not really oh. revealed. I thought they were there volunteering. I just in prison. Like, yeah, I thought they were like singing to the prisoners for funsies. No, I think they were arrested. Oh. Um. And anyway, one of the ladies singing is Mary Kay Place who played yep. uh Laura's or Connie's mother in Smooth Talk, if you guys can yeah, remember the cunt mother. all those weeks ago. The cunt mother, exactly. Um so that's fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fun. the next day, um Mary Kay Place, Smooth Talk Mommy, gets bailed out, mm-hmm. and then her husband shows up and also bails out Ruth. Uh, because I he's think the, he's the he's, dad he's the guy from that seventies show. show. Yeah. 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 Um, they, they hear about her situation and they bail Ruth out and take her to their house. Um, these two Christian people, their names are Gail and Norm. Um, (laughs) Which of course. Right. And they, they live in this like idyllic house. They have two kids, one son, one daughter. Um, the son, I think his name is Matthew. Sure. Is this, this like little cute, like button up kid. But the daughter, I think her name's Cheryl. Yes, is, is like a burnout chick, and I she's like rebellious. Cheryl. I love me some Cheryl. I love me some Cheryl. <laughs> um, anyway, Ruth goes into the house. They let her bathe. She clearly hasn't had a bath in a long time. Um, she stays in the bath for like an hour and a half, and but they she's tell also like having fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like <laughs> in the mirror. She's like. What, she's not wearing a shirt, but she's wearing a bandana around her head? <laughs> she's, like, putting on her lipstick and her yeah. mascara. She's, yeah. like, getting her... And she has, she has like, her Ew. thong poking out, and uh, Norm sees it. Yeah. This It's, it's like, a, a fish out of water in this Christian household. Yeah. But, anyway, they tell her over lunch that they're going to help her with her case. Yeah. And um, Ruth promises that she'll get her life together, but I don't know if I believe her. Based on the acting she has exhibited uh, <laughs> prior to this, but I think she's just like saying what people want to hear. Yeah. She's become like an expert at that. Um, but they let her sleep there for the night. They get her a uh, pull-out bed already, and then in the middle of the night, she wakes up because Miss Cheryl is sneaking out. And the way that we're obsessed with Miss Cheryl. Yeah, um, and Ruth goes out with her with some of her friends. She smokes this gigantic bong. <laughs> In so the backseat of a car, her bo- this bong is, like, at least three feet long. Um, <laughs> and she then, is a tall girl. That's true. This is true. She's a little stallion. Yeah. Um, But the they pull over to the car. They're, like, socializing outside. And then they see Ruth passed out with more, like, I don't know if it's, like, some inhalant of some sort. Um, And she's back on her bullshit. She's huffing shit again. So Are we well, shocked? No. I can't believe people huff shit. I'm still... I Like, the entire time I was watching it, I was like, what? But, like, people do that. I just feel like... Well, here's the thing. I I like the smell of, like, chemicals. Like, I like the smell of gasoline. I like the smell of, like... Your Midwest is jumping out. Maybe it is. Like, Sharpies? Do you guys like the smell of Sharpies? Wait, no, I like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll shove a Sharpie up my nose. No, no problem. Well, that's, that's like... Oh, uh, I like gas. That's probably how Ruth started out. Yeah, but I don't think I'm gonna buy any, like, inhalants and, like, fucking puff them in the back of my car. Yeah, that's not... That's not my vibe. Yeah. Uh, anyway. In the morning, she recovers. I don't think... Um, Norm and Gail know about her incident? No. Huffing shit? No? Um, Norm goes out to a meeting about her case to get after this judge who they've apparently had issues with in the past mm-hmm. because this judge is um, pro-choice. But I that term I don't think existed at the time of this film because there's another term that you, I think they... Or they 
They use pro-choice and anti-choice, not pro-choice yeah. and pro-life. Yeah. So that's the terminology we're working with. Um, and while Norm is at work and at this meeting, Gail takes Ruth to like this Christian doctor who does not want her to get an abortion. And they show her no. this like insane video. Like and a they, horror film, basically. Yeah. They, um, they're indoctrinating her with this uh, anti-choice propaganda. And <laughs> she says, she explains calmly at first that an abortion could help her get her life back on track. But the doctors, they, mm-hmm. it's one female doctor at first and then she calls in backup. This, like, guy who yeah. looks like a cartoon character. Um, <laughs> yeah, he literally and does. And they he starts, like, mansplaining fetuses to her. Like, he has, like... <laughs> yeah. Which... And she, she's, not, she's not taking this situation as seriously as these doctors want her to. No. Um, and they keep pressing her and pressing her and pressing her. And then eventually she snaps and she says, Are you fucking people deaf? I said I want to get an abortion. <laughs> And then that's, like, the last straw, and they show her this video that, like, compares abortion to the Holocaust. Yeah. Like, to come So, we're, yeah. we're um, introduced to this fanaticism um, mm-hmm. from, from the uh, anti-choice side. Um, and Ruth, I think, is just going along with it because she's getting free room and board. She's getting <laughs> fed. Um, yeah. Gail takes her to a spa. And then they go to... But the entire time, she's, like, traumatized from that fucking horror Yeah, though. she has, like, dead eyes while she's getting, like, her feet massaged. <laughs> what does she say when she walks? It's I slept so in so many dumpsters. I wonder if I slept on any babies. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely traumatized. Yeah. Mm, Miss Ruth. Fun for us. Yeah. She's um, acting. She they go to visit Norm at work, where he he works in like a hardware store, and he's mixing paint. Yeah. And then it, <laughs> Ruth shows up, and you can see her like she basically like licks her lips because she's like, mm, I want to smell that paint. Um, that's just a, a funny um, transition. And Norm shows her this newspaper article that's about her situation, and he warns that more press is coming, but that he doesn't want to give press out until they figure out the situation better. Um, And then while they're at dinner that night, these, like, activists barge in and, like, demand to see Ruth Stoops. Um, And I I wrote, she looks voluminous and beautiful, but I I guess that's the spa treatment. (laughs) Um, They did look kind of voluminous and beautiful, though. Oh, yeah, her hair was great. Because at the the very beginning, she has, like, this wet, like, greasy hair, and now she looks like her normal, beautiful Mm -hmm. stallion self. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's like clear that this situation's already gaining some traction with um, the extremists from both sides. So they go to, they take Ruth to an anti, I, I have it uh, classified as an anti abortion harassment session at an abortion clinic where they're <laughs> like, you've seen pictures, people stand outside the abortion clinic, they wave signs, they like bang on cars. Um, yeah. And Ruth seems kind of horrified at the like vitriol oh, that these be. that these activists are spewing out um yeah and then a reporter comes up to ruth at the at this event um and ruth tries to shrug her off and she says oh i don't want to talk right now and then um the i want to say her dad but it's not her dad norm comes and he <laughs> gives gives a statement to the reporter um and then ruth's i i have she needs to shit she says something about <laughs> needing to shit. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that comes back, you guys. I thought she was having a miscarriage at that moment. <laughs> because she was like, I have to shit. Um, anyway, she runs off again. She huffs again. It's um, the little son's model airplane glue. Um, and he, he runs over and sees her. And he's like, what are you doing? That's my model glue. And she punches him in the face. Thank God. <laughs> she Norm and Gail run over and scold Ruth because uh, she punched their son. And they say... Valid. I can't remember which of them says it. I think it's Gail. She says, you've got the devil inside you. You are full of sin and disease. That's I think it's dad. Norm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Norm says that. And then Gail says, sweetie, <laughs> we're all sinners. That doesn't mean you can go around smelling drugs. <laughs> and then immediately she's like, "I don't want that girl in my house anymore." Yeah. So they they hand Ruth off to their uh, abortion activist friend Diane, 
And she goes to Diane's house. And then, you guys, we get the surprise of a fucking lifetime. Diane is a spy. She's wearing a wig. She's wearing fake glasses. She's, she's doing an accent. She's actually this pro-choice yep. queen. Um, lesbian. Yeah. lesbian. Lesbian. She has a... Uh, lesbian partner. Lesbian partner. Thank you. Uh, named Rachel. <laughs> and she's like waiting yep. on the patio. Rachel is Kelly Preston, who is John Travolta's wife, which I thought okay. was kind of insane. So a Scientologist. Exactly. Um, Diane. Diane. So Diane and, and Rachel. Rachel, Diane and Rachel take Ruth into their home, uh, but Ruth's a little apprehensive at first because I think she's still wearing off from the brainwashing that has occurred yeah. at uh, Norman Gale's place. Mm-hmm. But uh, they tell Ruth that Norman Gale are using her to take down this judge that they don't like that they've had issues with in the past. Um, and I, I said Rachel serves some wokeness about pro-lifers who they call baby savers, which I thought was like a fun joke name. Until it's revealed later in the film <laughs> that the pro-lifers call themselves baby savers, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous. Which is so funny. Um, and they're watching the news, and they see <laughs> she sees the statement that Norm gave the reporter at the abortion rally, and it's basically him just like putting words into her mouth, um, yeah. yeah, and furthering his agenda, and that makes Ruth mad, and I think that's what draws her to uh, Rachel and Diane's side, and she calls Gail. And you don't hear the other side of the call. It, like, it's unclear if she's talking to Gail or Norm. But she says, I ain't no fucking telegram, bitch. And she hangs up. And she calls her um She calls her a cunt! Yes. My favorite line in all of Laura Dern's filmography, just because I love the word cunt. You don't even know if... Maybe there's another film that we're going to watch where she says cunt a million <gasps> more times. Just a little something to look forward cunt. to. Like Jurassic World 3, she's going to say that yeah. so many times, you guys. Yes. <laughs> 30 seconds is just her like, cunt, 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 mm-hmm. cunt. I thought, you were, I thought you were singing it to the tune of the theme song. So did I. Oh, cunt, 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 cunt. Could that be the intro for Jurassic Park? <laughs> <laughs> Can we make that happen? I don't know. Will we get um like will John Williams copyright strike us? John like, Williams will be like, this like, is this defaming. is really good, you guys. Yeah, John Williams will retire. Congratulations. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna make an EDM edit of me saying that and you can you can put it. If you if you have the means to do that and you can do it, I will use it wherever you want. So Rachel and Diane call in this guy Harlan, who's a friend of theirs, and he stands guard outside their house at night, and these fucking baby savers show up with the mm-hmm. police and say that mm-hmm. Rachel and Diane are holding Ruth captive. <laughs> and I, I, this is the big <laughs> reveal. Rachel and Diane are gay, you guys. I have it in my notes. Just Rachel and get Diane are gay. But Ruth is it you till then? I think so. Do the haircuts not give it away? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> when did you know? When she took when off she her took wig. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that much into it. Um, but Ruth stands by them, her new lesbian friends. Um, mm-hmm. And so what follows is this, like, um, back and forth of, like, brainwashing and radical ideology. Um, they're, try- they're competing over Ruth, and uh, the baby savers, Gail and Norm, say their family misses her. But, like, th- she knew these guys for, what, a few days? Um, yeah. Ruth is conflicted for a moment because it's just this back and forth. Um, but she decides to stay with Diane and Rachel. And I put she gives a phenomenally stupid monologue. Bimbo queen shit. Because I think, I th- I think this, is, this is where she says, like, she goes on a tangent. She's like, I am, have a, I have a body and I am citizen Ruth. And I just like she strings together words like that um, for a few seconds, and I really wish I could get like a uh, a full breakdown of that uh, dialogue, but I can't find the script anywhere. We'll post it on the Instagram, you guys. Okay. <laughs> um, and Norm calls this little happy house a death camp, <laughs> and they leave, and then ruth stays outside with diane and rachel and they make these like general plans for her abortion they're like oh we'll take you to a doctor uh in the morning or whatever and then they start singing at the moon 
Di- uh, Diane and Rachel, they're like worshiping the moon. They're like, oh, my moon, you give us grace. And I. Bob uh, moment. Bob tings. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. So the. I put the Republicans are holding a vigil in the driveway. They're still there. They have like pitchforks, I think. <laughs> she like comments. She's like, this house is so nice. I know his lights are so pretty. And it's a fucking vigil yeah. by the baby like, savers. Oh, vigil. <laughs> um, it's so funny. But I, the lesbians put her to bed. And she finds this bottle of Hennessy under the bed. And she fucking downs it. And then she goes in the bathroom yeah. and just starts drinking and sniffing random chemicals. I think she like drinks Drano. Um, first reformed. So I'm very, very <laughs> curious to see what this baby is gonna look like. This baby is gonna be fucked up. So in the morning, uh, she walks downstairs. She's on like a henny high, and Harlan is securing the windows. And there are all these people in the kitchen. And Ruth is like, "What the fuck's going on?" Uh, she said that the baby savers declared a national alert within their network. <laughs> Uh, which I don't know what that means. And they say this Jessica Weiss is coming, who um, is some sort of politician or high-level activist of some Pro sort. Pro-choice activist, yeah. Um, so Ruth, this is the first thing Ruth sees when she wakes up, and she gets like stressed out, and she says that she's at the center of something very big. Um, and so they make plans to move up the abortion. And then a weird thing happens that never really comes back where um i don't know if it's harlan but it's some of these pro-choice goons who are standing uh guard outside the house take one of the baby saver activists the one who was like banging on the car and they bring him into a cellar and close the door oh that's right and then we don't <laughs> see him again i didn't notice that we never see him i did not notice that I thought there was, like, they're going to start... I don't know what... The this scene made me very... Of. This is... I I became very um, apprehensive of these pro-choice people. Because we want to we wanna think that their hearts are in the right place. Because they're saving her from that, like, crazy ideology that they were spewing her at Gail and Norm's. But they're also kind of off the deep end a little bit. So it just so happens that um, the baby saver, I think, national convention is in town... Um, and Norm says that the national chairman of the organization is interested in this case and the baby savers and Norm, who I think Norm is like the head of their chapter or whatever, they go on live TV and they hold up a check made out to Ruth for $15,000. Yeah. It's like a big, uh, jumbo check. And they say, if you have the baby, even if you put it in foster care, we're going to give you $15,000. And she's watching from Diane and Rachel's house, and she is ecstatic, you guys. She's jumping around. You can see her on the uh, the live TV oh, yeah, cameras because she yeah. walks outside, and she's jumping up and down. She says, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. Um, and then Harlan, like, fucking, like, grabs yeah, her and drags her They take her, her back, back inside. inside. They try to calm her down. Um, and they say, oh, they're just trying to bribe you, uh, but you you need to do still do what you think is right. And she says, it's my body, it's my choice, can't I change my mind? And Diana and Rachel are, are still trying to convince her that the abortion's the right thing to do. And she, uh, Ruth says, I had four other kids and I didn't make a cent. <laughs> and she <laughs> gets right. very frustrated. She gets frustrated that she is being controlled by sh- these people that she thought were trying to support her. And she starts screaming, like fully screaming. And there's there's this big, like kerfuffle in diana rachel's house (laughs) and then uh harlan comes out and he says i have money from when i was uh in the war the government gave me some money and if you get the abortion i will also give you fifteen thousand dollars so that she has a free choice again Mm -hmm. and so this is a situation she's has fifteen thousand dollars offered to her either way she's gonna be rich either way from her point of view, fifteen thousand dollars is a lot of money. Also, throughout the film, she's listening yeah. to like an audiobook about like how to buy a house. <laughs> so there, it's it's not which um, she stole from the um, baby saver's car. Yeah, the dad was listening. Yeah, Norm. Oh, did she? Norm. I didn't notice that. Um, anyway, we cut back to the baby savers. The chairman, the national chairman of the baby savers, is Burt Reynolds. 
Yeah. Not yeah. actually Burt Reynolds. It's Burt Reynolds playing a character. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. And he gets into a room with Norm. He says that he himself adopted a baby that was going to be aborted. Um, <laughs> and this kid, he's like grown up now. Twink. He's like 15. He, I said he looks like Marriage Story Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Does he? I think it's yes. like his haircut oh, and his 100%. outfit. But he, he's not so much a son as he is like a handmaiden. Yeah. He's like pouring him water and like massaging Burt yeah. Reynolds' shoulders. Um, yeah, and Burt Reynolds is like, uh, I almost said bearless. <laughs> He's a shirtless. Yeah, Burt Reynolds has a name. Dynamic. I didn't write it down. I just referred to him as Burt Reynolds. Um, it's Burt Reynolds. It's Burt Reynolds. He's, yeah. he's upset that Norm offered this money to Ruth because he's using the same reason that uh, Diane and Rachel were using, that it's going to look bad. It's going to be bad optics for the baby savers because it's going to look like they're trying to buy her choice. But then he says... You guys should have offered her more money. So there, there is not one ounce of ethical reasoning in this entire movie. And at this point, I was so frustrated by that. Uh, we go back to Ruth, who is speaking to Harlan about the specifics of their $15,000 uh, engagement. And he says that he got it from the government, that he's been saving it up. But he says that if he gives it to her, she can't tell anyone where she got it. And she agrees. And then she kind of, like, flirts with him a little bit. He says, like, oh, Harlan, do you have a <laughs> wife? I think she's assuming that there's more money where it came from, you know? Oh, oh. a businesswoman. Yeah. She's I think fre- she, yeah, fresh I think off she's her like, home ownership audiobook. Yeah. And now she's yeah, making money yeah, moves. Yeah. yeah, she's, like, capitalist queen now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, she goes, she says, oh, I'm going to, with this $15,000, I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to buy a car and I'm going to start my own business, which is like insane because that's not enough money to do any of those things. Um, And he says, oh, no, you'd blow the money. You don't know what you're talking about. And she says, fuck you, man. You don't know anything. I love her her gusto. I love this character so much. (laughs) She's She's very special. The baby savers are still outside the house, but they have like backup because there's this convention in town of like a bunch of pro life yeah, motherfuckers. Yeah, it's RVs parked yeah, outside. Yeah. Um, and Ruth's <laughs> sister Carol drives up and speaks to one of the um, baby saver officials, and she says, "I'm Ruth's sister. Can you let me through?" Um, and she says, "Oh, here's this note. Uh, give it to her, and she'll know it's me." And she gives it to Harlan, and then she opens it, and I don't remember exactly what it says, but it's something nasty. It's like, like, fuck you, murder. Yeah, yeah. Actually Something along those lines. Like child murderers go to hell. Yeah, something like, like that. that. That slut was on there. Um, yeah. And then we go inside. Miss Ruth is still on that henny. Uh, she's drinking mm-hmm. it like it's water. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then she, she hears on the TV <laughs> that the baby savers have come back and raised their $15,000 offer to $27,000 from just yeah. crowdfunding within the organization. And then she starts her cheering again. She's bouncing around upstairs. And then she falls down the stairs because obviously she's drunk out of her mind. Because um, mm-hmm. she's drinking honey like water. Yeah. Right. She falls down the stairs. Diana's furious about her behavior. Oh, she's so mad. And she puts her to so bed. Um, well, not before Laura Dern says, eat me, gay slur. Yeah. For women. Laura Dern coming through <laughs> consistently with the gay slurs in these films. She said homophobia. Homophobia was. She was before her time, and she was really wearing out her welcome on that uh, gay rights pass that she was given uh, decades later. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair... The year after this, she's in the puppy episode. Yeah, which we'll talk about next week. But I'm not justifying her (laughs) use of gay stories, but she didn't write it. Yeah, she's just acting. She's just acting. She's doing her job. I'm sure. Unless she improv that. <laughs> Which I doubt. What if she was she actually drinking Hennessy? I want her to be drinking Hennessy on set on if she job, wants to. Getting paid to get drunk. I'm sure all the little eyes women, the little eyes the women, little eyes the women. big little eyes women were drunk on set at some point. No. How could you not? I'm sure Nicole Kidman was. Lots of wine. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about that Yeah, in the weeks to come. (laughs) We're getting ahead of ourselves. We're still in the 90s. Oh my god. We have two more decades. So, Ruth wakes up from her Hennessy-induced slumber 
to the baby savers singing outside her window. They're singing like, I think like a <laughs> Civil War march song, but they're changing the lyrics <laughs> to be about yeah. saving their baby. Also, yeah, at some, like, at save... some point, um, I think when she's talking to the doctors, they ask her what the baby's going to be named. And she says, oh, I like Tanya. And these baby savers, like, take that and use it against her. They're referring to Tanya by name. Like, it's a person yeah. who actually exists, but it's just, like, her like, unborn fetus. Tanya. They're like, save Tanya. And they're singing Civil War songs about save it. Tanya. Um, said Tanya. And <laughs> so she sees these people singing outside her window. She's like, what the fuck? And then she looks at the bed. And you guys... She is bleeding yeah. out her vagina like a motherfucker. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I put, what did you expect, Pookie? Which seems uh, insensitive. <laughs> but she, she's she been drinking alcohol, which is already bad. But then she's going beyond that and drinking chemicals and anything she can get her hands yeah. on. Um, and yeah. so, so in a uh, somewhat tender scene, she goes in the bathroom... And we assume that her baby is miscarried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets in the shower. She comes out. Diane comes in to apologize about yelling at her the night before. Um, and Ruth starts to say something. She's like, oh, I don't feel well. Um, but then Diane gets distracted. And Ruth, I think, and this, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. She mm-hmm. decides not to tell her about the miscarriage. I think it's because she wants... The $15,000 still. No. Yeah. I don't think so. I think so. I think because she was like, hey, Diana, I have something to tell you. Right. And then Diana's like, what's going on, sweetie? And then the thing, like, beeps and it's Harlan talking to her. And I feel like in that moment when, like, immediately she goes to answer what Harlan's saying, she realizes that, like, Diana's not there for her on that level. She's there for her because of the cause. And I think that's why she doesn't tell her. I don't think it's because of the money. I think it's... But she still could tell her that. I guess, but it it seemed like such a symbolic moment, at least for me. Okay. Like, I took it as more of, like, a... That kind of a thing than the money. Ruth is smarter than they think. Yeah. Yeah. They underestimate her a lot. Yeah. Well, she's having pain. Yeah. And drinking Hennessy while... Like, understandable. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so she decides not to tell Diane about the miscarriage, and Diane says, Oh, get ready, it's time for your abortion. And they they walk out onto the grass, and Miss uh, Jessica Weiss has ordered uh, chartered a helicopter to come pick Ruth up. <laughs> and they they yeah. walk out onto the grass turned helipad, and then she hears this voice on the megaphone, yeah, and it's her mother. And then we but see her; it's her actual yeah. mother. It's Diane Ladd. It's Diane. She is addicted to showing up in Laura Dern's films. We, we I knew. So I literally screamed out loud. The way that just those three seconds she stole the movie, she has a power, you guys. The Diane Ladd. I think at the beginning of the podcast we knew that they were together in Rambling Rose. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. this marks three movies they've been together. Three. In? Three. This is like a cameo, I think, because I don't yeah. think she's credited. No, I looked and I was like, because I couldn't tell, because. I was on my phone in a subway. Is she not credited? Oh, I knew it was her immediately. That's what She's I, not credited. I thought it was Diane Ladd, but I couldn't find her on IMDb She's not credited. But, um, I knew it was her. I saw her, and I was like, <gasps> that's our girl. But I figured it was Diane Ladd. Like, if anyone's gonna play that character. <laughs> they have this Diane. beautiful so exchange, excited. which, I th- yep. we, oh, like, we touched on, on the in the previous episodes, that they didn't have to go to therapy in real life. And I think it's because <laughs> they, they say things like this, um, on film. And they get all yeah. all the uh, dirty laundry aired out. So mom is up on a podium with, I think, Burt Reynolds and with Norm. Yes. And she yes. says, baby, do not get this abortion. What if I had aborted you? And then <laughs> Ruth grabs a megaphone <laughs> and she says, then I wouldn't have had to suck your boyfriend's cock. <laughs> and the mom, the mom Possibly says, the best exchange in the movie. <laughs> the mom says, baby, that's all in the past. And then I think I think Ruth says something to the effect of "fuck you, mom," and she gets in the helicopter yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. And they take her from the house to an airport, from the helicopter uh-huh. to this like bulletproof limousine. Yeah. yeah. And they drive to the abortion clinic, 
Uh, and they're like, they debate for like a minute and a half whether or not to take the vehicle because yeah. it's not the message they want to send. Mm-hmm. It was just so funny. They don't want this Lord image God, of luxury. In the in the limo, like drinking. <laughs> but they, they say that that's the only bulletproof vehicle that they could find. And she's like listening to Charlie XCX in there and they're all debating. Yeah. <laughs> mm. She's like, come on guys, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I love her so much. Uh, they get to the abortion clinic, which in my notes I refer to as the abortion clinic. And yep. she gets she gets the um, money that Harlan had left there, her $15,000. She gets yeah. the bag. Um, Jessica Weiss has like a, a fangirl moment. Like all these abortion nurses yes. come up to her and they're like, oh my God, is that really you? They're like, oh, can you also, sign my book? Also, all the nurses in there are lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. So- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Purposefully done, I'm assuming. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so Ruth funny. goes into the bathroom with her bag. She takes it up. Out, she zips it open to see, um, like, if the money's in there. And then we get this... Oh my gosh, it's insane, awesome. Insane, non-diegetic hallelujah. Like, the angels are singing <laughs> as oh, she yeah. looks into the bag. She takes out the money. Her $15,000, it's all there. Um, yep. And then she has this, like, dissonance in that moment because the nurse is banging on the door. She's like, hey, Ruth, are you okay? I kind of want to give you an abortion now. And she says, oh, just a minute. <laughs> um, and then she tries to open the window <laughs> and make an escape, but the window won't open. And then in, like, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, she ta- she looks in her bag and she finds brake fluid that I assume she, she had, had stolen she had- it from... From the boyfriend's car in the first scene. Right, to huff, oh, right, I assume. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. you guys, she does not huff it. She uses it no. for its no. intended purpose to yep. yank the, the window open. and then She uses it to, like, grease open the, the hinges. Mm-hmm. We think she's home free, but there's a guard right under the window. And she's like, oh, fuck, uh-huh. what am I going to do? I know what she's going to do. <laughs> she's going to take the porcelain uh, lid off of the toilet and... <laughs> Drop it on this motherfucker's head. Yeah. Um, And he's, like, conscious still somehow. Yeah, Yeah. I put Ruth commits murder. But uh, (laughs) then then she jumps out the window and we see that this guy's still alive. And she says, don't say anything, I'll fucking kill you. And she has a gun that she she found in Diane's nightstand. Yeah. Along with a vibrator that she sniffs. She does sniff and then she goes... (laughs) That's true. Do you think she took the vibrator also? I hope. No. Um, she sneaks out the window with her bag, and then she, like, walks out along the perimeter of the building, right past protesters from both sides. This was so good. I don't think they even, I think that her situation has been blown up and has become such an ideological battle, removed from her personally, that I don't even think they know what she looks like. No. So she's just walking past them unnoticed. Um, and then so one, once she gets so far enough away, she starts running down the road, and then we that's fade it? to the credits, and that's the end. Citizen Ruth! Alexander Payne! I would like to think Lord that she, she went from there and immediately went to buy a house with her $15,000 cash money. She definitely exactly bought $15,000 worth of uh, patio sealant. <laughs> but, you know. So, ooh, it's Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Buffet. <laughs> so yeah, that's a movie. I loved it. I, loved I liked it, it too. so much. I gave it a four and a half. I also gave it a four and a half. I gave it four, but it was good. Um, <laughs> it was I, good. I started it was a so list good. on Letterboxd of, I ranked, started ranking these films, like all the films mm-hmm. she's been in. If you guys want to do the same, I think that would be cute. Okay, like, I will. And then I, th- I think I'm going to like um, <laughs> uh, link the list in all my reviews. So, getting into some analysis now. This film is actually, uh, well, first of all, it was written by Alexander Payne and uh, a friend of his named Jim Taylor, who would become a frequent collaborator. And they co-wrote, I think, pretty much all of Alexander Payne's scripts from then on. Um, And it's based on a true story of this woman named Martina Greywind. And pretty much all the details are exactly the same. Where did Ruth Scoops from? I have Ruth Stoops. (laughs) Martina Greywood oh, is almost better. Scoops. It's almost more theatrical, don't you think? Martina Greywood. 100%. 100%. It's a great name. It sounds like a Harry Potter character. But Citizen Martina. Citizen... Okay, but they could have done, like, Ruth... Greywood. 
Right. Ruth White Breeze. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty See, much. That's almost more satirical. What? Like Ruth White Breeze. Well, I, so I think that they they wanted to be respectful mm-hmm. of this woman's situation. Oh, um, right. We need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but pretty much all of the details of the film were the same. Like, she was an addict who was, uh, like, huffing inhalants, and she had previous kids taken away from the state. Um, the only main difference is that the fundamentalist Christian group offered her $10,000. They were called the Lambs of Christ, which I almost prefer oh, Baby wow. Saver. I feel like that's less <laughs> less fanatic. Do you guys want to know what Martina Greywind ended up doing? Yes. Who, I who thinks she got the abortion? Who thinks she didn't? I think she got it. I think she got it. She did. Um, Yay! Women! Um, so yeah, that's the basis of the film. Um, it was filmed in Omaha, Nebraska in Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is exactly Finally, what it looks no like. Finally, no more North Carolina. What? Finally, no more Carolinas. Yeah, we're, fr- we're free of the Carolinas, at least. For this <laughs> we're week. out. Free from their um, And here, oh, here's, here's the nitty-gritty. The film had a $3 million budget, and oh. its total gross was only $285,000. <gasps> oh, so this no. was this was not a great debut for um, Mr. Alexander Payne. Although it got off to a good start premiering a Sundance and everything, and it was in uh, the running for the Grand Jury Prize. But uh, general audiences did not like it. How do you, like, recuperate from that? What was his next movie after that? Election. And I, oh, I, have, a, I have a few oh, quotes okay. about that. One of my favorite things to do when I'm researching these movies is to look at the plot keywords on IMDb. And these are the ones for uh, Citizen Ruth 1996. Directorial debut. Woman wears eyeglasses. Abortion. <laughs> judge. Judicial system. Woman wears eyeglasses. Who wears eyeglasses? The woman. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, Diane does. Diane, that's what I think. Okay, you're right. Yeah. She wears, like, she fake eyeglasses, and then yeah. she takes them off. <laughs> so that's, that's not even a, a totally accurate uh, keyword. So, ground-level analysis. This is obviously a satire film. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. That takes things to the absurd with these, like, insane mm-hmm. cash offers. Um, Mr. Roger Ebert, who I, I realized like when, um, I was doing the research, we rely so heavily on this one man's opinions, Yeah, but he gives such good quotes in his reviews. He's a goat. He gave uh, the film three out of four stars. Okay. And this is what he said. He said, Citizen Ruth is a satire with the reckless courage to take on both sides in the abortion debate. There are no positive characters in the film. Certainly not Ruth, whose preferred state is oblivion and who perks up only when sides start making cash offers. At a time when almost every film has a market in mind, here is a movie with a little something to offend anyone who has a strong opinion on abortion. Mm-hmm. I saw um, Alexander He's so Payne... wise, you see? Alexander Payne referred to this movie as an equal opportunity offender, which I feel like today is like a shitty thing that conservatives say, but I feel like in 1996 okay. it's acceptable. Yeah. I mean, I think if he's making this movie, he's definitely pro-choice. Yeah, yeah. Excuse pro-choice. Yeah, it's But you, you know that attitude people have now where they're like, oh, I offend everybody. I can say whatever I want. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, I don't think that's the meaning he was going for. No. no. I don't know him well enough, I guess, to say yes or no, but I don't think so. I like, based on the tone of the movie. Um, his other Mr. Roger Ebert goes on and says... There's a point at which all this perhaps grows a little thin. We yearn for someone to cheer for instead of against. But there is courage in the decision to make Ruth an unredeemed dopehead whose only instinct is to go for the cash. So he's commending uh, Alexander Payne for being bold enough to have a movie where there's really not anyone to like. But I, I liked mean, Ruth. I, yeah, I that's what I was about but to not, say. But like, not I, necessarily I because she was her. a good person. Yeah. Yeah. But I was rooting for her. Yeah, like, I definitely never watched any second of this film and thought to myself, like, oh, she's being redeemed. Yeah. Like, I knew she never was going to, but I I, I don't know. I, she, I was still in her corner, I guess, because she has that, like, ability factor to her. But that's, that's also true. Laura Dern. Yeah, I don't we also know. just the are obsessed like... with the actress. <laughs> yeah. But I think the character is so, like, well-written. 
I, I think that... And it's hard not to just root. Yeah, like, I feel like it's very easy to find pieces of yourself in Rook. Because we all kind of have demons that we're never going to redeem, even if we want to. And so I guess from that perspective, it's easy to kind of identify with her in some sort of way. Even if you don't have paint, like, you right. know, there's a little bit of Ruth in all mm -hmm. of us. So, yeah, I totally can see why Roger Ebert, wait, yeah, Roger yes. Ebert is Not saying Robert that. Robert <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I kind of was rooting for her. And I guess if you both were too, then there is something there. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, again, we're, we, we're like we talking into an echo chamber about how, like, people who love Laura Dern. So. Yeah. This is true. That's true. Unless uh, people at Hey Laura Dern are, li are listening to this for, like, notes. Oh. For, like, vengeance. Like, this, this is their morning seethe. <laughs> they listen to the podcast. <laughs> they say, fuck that bitch. Yeah. Uh, Which we would never say. No. I, I think we might have said that at some point <laughs> we said fuck lord Ern. no you told me to say that so you can move my words around yes and i, I didn't do anything about it because i respect women yeah uh, th this is what uh roger ebert said about the ending he said the movie illuminates the ways in which mainstream films train us to expect formula endings most movies are made with the belief that no one in the audience can be expected to entertain more than one idea at a time at the very most we are surprised when it develops that there will be no good side and bad side in the struggle over Ruth, and incredulous when it appears that the movie will not arrive safely in port with a solution to please everyone. Some situations, Payne seems to be arguing, simply cannot be settled to everyone's satisfaction. Maybe for some viewers that will make this a horror film. Oh. Mm. Ooh. How very insightful of you, Roger. I, I, he's, I think he sees this movie as more, um, like... <laughs> avant-garde than i guess i did on the first viewing but i guess he's right okay but i'm feeling this pattern with everything we're watching also like all the reviews are like <gasps> and we're like in her in her the films and like the lynches but also, like, we, we have to try to put ourselves in the minds of movie viewers in 1996 yeah before we were born <laughs> yeah and this this was i think a very like nascent stage in the abortion debate and I don't think there were super... Oh, right, because Roe v. Wade is, what, 2000? Well, that, no, that was before. I think that was, like, 1973. Yeah. The, there was, an, then, there was the another one. the 90s was um, Clinton. Oh, you're right. But, no, I think there was another, and like... 96 is an election year. Okay. So it was, like, a tumultuous time. Yeah. Um, I also read somewhere um, that the title of the film is uh, relating to Citizen Kane. But That's I, what I thought. I have not seen Citizen Kane. Uh, I haven't seen it either. I, I've, I've admitted either. like, like uh, three weeks in a row that I haven't seen The Godfather and I haven't seen Citizen Kane. I also haven't seen... Oh, yeah. Again, I will say on the podcast, I don't like watching movies with male protagonists. I have I have some quotes from Miss Laura if anyone's interested. <gasps> Always. Um, Always. No, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is Laura Dern's thesis on Ruth Stoops. I've never I love how she always like analyzes her characters. Right? I love it. She says, I've never fallen in love with a character more. There was not <gasps> a scene where I wasn't barfing or fucking or vomiting or burping. I was just a disgusting mess. <laughs> Period. <laughs> um, and then it, like in, in analysis of the film, she says, the film deals with people's fanaticism, people getting caught up in mayhem more than the issue itself. Which is, I also saw a quote from Alexander Payne about the same thing, that it's, the film at its core is not about abortion, but it's about how, with any issue, you have people on both sides who mm -hmm. are condemning the other while doing the same thing that the other side is doing. Mm -hmm. And right. so um, Alexander Payne wanted to bring out that hypocrisy. And um, I think he did it well. Yeah, he, he definitely did. did. Like, yeah. 100% successfully. I think that... That being the main message completely came across. Like, I think the delivery of this and it being a directional debut is really impressive to yeah. me. Like, to make I thought it was really like well that. done. Yeah. Yeah. So not only to make a statement like that, but the movie itself was very, like, well-crafted and, like, everything about it was really well thought out. And there was a lot of callbacks and, like, a lot of parallelism in the script that was, like, really clever. And I think that in not only the parallelism of the script, but also, like, paralleling both sides and, like, 
taking it to that extreme because it is like satirical in nature I think is kind of like a hard task especially on your first film mm -hmm. and I think he did a really incredible job with that so it makes me sad that it didn't do well in the box office because I, I love this movie a lot yeah and I had never heard of this movie prior to like looking into oh. this podcast which I'm surprised oh, about I think she had you she did like a Vanity Fair like breaking down my roles and that was one of them Oh, yes, I did see it in that, but um, we had already started developing, uh, so, like, I had already knew. Then, and I think I just I heard Citizen Ruth somewhere in the universe. Mm hmm I mean, I feel like, especially now, like, everyone should watch this movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's very timely. It's very timely right now. Yeah. And that's, so that's what... if you guys haven't, watch it, please. That's another part of why it's so, like, mind-blowing that it came out over 20 years ago. But yeah. it can still resonate so well because there's still like a lack of progress. Yeah, there's still pro-life <laughs> people who yeah, are shaming women in these this same yeah. way. Yeah. But there's also pro-choice extremists who are like yes. on the other end. So yeah. yeah, I don't I really don't think anything's changed. Except now we have smartphones. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Now we film it. And Charlie XCX is making music. <laughs> Maybe. Less I people have what? We should have paint. <laughs> oh. Um, I don't know the statistics on that. I didn't look that up in the research. Oh, well. This last quote is from an interview where I think the interviewer said, like, why would you play someone so ugly and unattractive and gross? <laughs> oh, my God. And well, it wasn't not, not in so many words. <laughs> but she said, yeah. I think that what happens to a lot of actors is that they surround themselves with people who help them get caught up in this idea of hot and sexy and cool. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the commodity. So I want to know who Laura Dern surrounds herself with that is urging her to take David these Lynch. unflattering roles. Maybe it is David Lynch. <laughs> I, I think he, he came up in that interview. Yeah. Um, he comes up in every interview. She Loki. loves that man. She loves that man. I love her maturity. It feels shitty for me to say maturity. Because so even like then she's older than I am now. But most actors go their entire careers without taking the risks that Laura Dern had taken before she was 30, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I loved seeing her like this. Like, this was a completely <laughs> new side of her. Mm -hmm. I every was single, Every single movie we've seen, it's been a new side of her. And she just keeps yeah. delivering and delivering and delivering. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, have, have either of you guys seen Election? No, but I, I want to after this no. one. No. Um, well, Election's uh, Alexander Payne's next movie, and it stars Reese Witherspoon as like a um a high school student who's campaigning to be student body president and she's like psychotic and <laughs> in one of the interviews about um about citizen ruth laura dern says that she loves that movie and she loves reese witherspoon reese witherspoon's character whose name is uh tracy flick and she Ooh. says i want to do a sequel tracy flick and ruth stoops in a heist or a road picture because they're the oh. biggest shit show in town man Oh my, oh my god, I god. love her. Fucking Laura Dern, and man. And then, who would have known that uh, Laura Dern and Reese Witherspoon would I, play mother and daughter in oh, yeah. Wild, and then contemporaries like in that. Big Little Lies. Um, They're like the same age. I just thought that was cute. Also, in Election, um, there's... I'm trying to remember. I don't remember exactly what scene this is, but I saw it in my research. There's like a cutaway to like a newspaper article... And one of the, like, sub-articles says, if you stop the movie to read this, you might as well go rent Citizen Ruth from your local video store. <laughs> so that, that was Alexander Payne inserting, like, a little Easter egg into his next movie about how shitty this movie did financially, which I thought oh, was really funny. I feel bad that I didn't pay for it now. Oh, I paid for it. I paid for it, all $3 or whatever it was. I'm sorry, uh, Alexander. I apologize. Uh, but that's all I have. Thanks, baby. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Very uh, good. I love this movie. I think we all love I this movie. I love this movie. Yeah. And next Period. week we have October Sky from 1999. Her favorite. Her favorite. That's all I know Plus, about it. And I know that Jake Gyllenhaal is her favorite. Favorite. about October Sky. Yeah, I'm not excited about that. I'm not a Jake Gyllenhaal uh, fiend Okay. Supporter, sympathizer, okay. apologist, whatever you want to call um, it. Not me. We're going to talk about 
the <laughs> Ellen Puppy episode, which was in 1997. So it, it came yeah. between these two films. And she said mm-hmm. multiple times in interviews that that uh, affected her career in a negative way. And so we're going to dig into that and see what we can find. But yeah, October Sky is next. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else see to say? See you guys next week. No? No. no. Stream. Stream Citizen Roof. Stream you know Citizen what? Roof, but Get pay Alexander for it. his coin. He needs yeah, yeah, well, I'm gonna pay you can't for stream it. it. <laughs> yeah. You Let's give him some money. I'm going to come back Some retribution. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, uh, more than Worst ever. Worst Criterion Edition. Yeah, right? But, this is a really important movie, you guys, for, especially for this time. Like, I think it's very insightful and applicable. And we're dealing with a lot of shit right now as a country. And I know we have international listeners, so you guys cannot <laughs> really um, <laughs> sympathize with what I'm saying right now. But if you want to take a look into the fucking mess that is uh, America, then I guess this movie is a great insight into that. Yeah, uh, especially. But I'm sure you already know. <laughs> especially Midwestern America and uh, what they call the flyover states that get less coverage. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a fucking disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Not to any of our Midwestern listeners, we love you, but like. Y'all are doing meth and fucking huffing paint, yes. so let us... I'm a Midwesterner, so I can say that. You guys are yeah. fucked up, and there's really weird serial killers there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Even though there's a lot of weird ones here. We did have Tim Bundy. Ted Bundy. <laughs> Teb Dundee. Teb Dundee. <laughs> and the uh, Gainesville Ripper. Tune in next week to My Favorite Murder, you guys. Oh, yeah. Every single week, we're back. I'm sorry, Georgia and Karen are always on the mind. Yeah. I'm sorry we can't be her. We can't be either of them. <laughs> We're not even right. going to try applying uh, roles. No, no, definitely not. No housekeeping <laughs> anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. I cannot wait to watch October Sky because Laura Dern said it's her favorite. And I trust her with everything that I own and have. <laughs> so I can't wait. I'm very excited. Okay. See All you guys right. then. Okay. See you next week. See you next week. Thank you.